This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to Episode 5 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Pat. And I'm Eddie. We invite you to come along as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries on Paranormal Dads. Episode five, uh, the yeah. amount of episodes you can count on one hand. That's Number awesome. five is a lie. <laughs> Good short circuit reference there. Number five is a lie. Johnny five is a lie. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we kick off the episode with recent sightings to catch you up to speed on what's been going on. Uh, I'm up to bat for this one. As you know, by now we rotate the segments, so each one of us kind of has a pick at at various ones at various times. I have to admit I'm bending the rules ever so slightly on this one because Uh it's not technically extremely recent sightings, uh, but they're sightings nonetheless. They're experiences that have happened to people, and it all revolves around uh, time lapses. Oh, Uh, Missing time, slips in time, people who have reported really bizarre things uh, out of time, out of place. So, uh, for example, let me refer to my notes. Have you guys ever experienced anything like this where time seemed to go faster or slower or almost like you you experienced a hiccup in the space-time of the fabric of the universe? Oh, it happens at school, in school, at work. Well, no, it just never ends. Down. <laughs> those who those who know me well enough would accuse me of having my own version of time. I'd be like, it's there's Eddie time. Eddie time. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things. I'll never forget the time that you were at the hardware store or something, and I had I had already arrived to your house because I was a little bit early, and you called me and you said. I'm on the way. I will be there in five minutes. That's literal time, not Eddie time. <laughs> so I'm literally going to be there in five minutes. I know my own conversion rates. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's some instances of people who uh, had a whole weird, bizarre encounter with time. One of them uh, back in 1968. So again, not recent sightings, but uh, there's a lady by the name of Charlotte uh, Warburton. Uh, she walked into a cafe and she had never been there before. Uh, nothing really seemed strange, but um, she tried to go back there a couple days later and noticed that the the little cafe didn't exist. What? Like no construction, nothing. It just it just wasn't there. The building wasn't. The there? building wasn't there anymore. Um, she later learned that there was in fact a cafe at that ex- exact spot years earlier, but it had been replaced by a supermarket in recent years, and. Uh, so she had no other explanation other than to admit that maybe she had stepped into the past, um, you know, went too far down the <laughs> that's, too that's far down weird. the rabbit hole, and she ended up in the past. Walked into a cafe, you know, had a croissant and a coffee, and went back there the next day. Oops, it's a Walmart. You know? And they probably made it made the croissant with real butter, not margarine. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. She started like demanding, like falling down style. Like I want my muffin or whatever. They're like, man, this is not a this is not a diner. So talk about an expired muffin. Holy wow. cow! She walked into the past and ate something. Got a little coffee. You know, you know, this can probably be chalked up to what we. You know, I think the word deja vu is used too too easily yeah. for things. And I don't know if I've ever experienced. Well, maybe this is a time slip, but a time slip within my own life mm-hmm. where. I, in some cases, I wasn't even dreaming. It would be a situation where I was maybe daydreaming. Like I was awake, completely awake. I remember several of these things happened when I was in school. Like you said, Pat, where I'm just kind of like, I'm not there. My body's here, but my brain's somewhere else. And I remember vividly having this image of me roller skating to this music that gave me a very intense emotion. And I was a fairly young kid. I was like two or three, uh, sorry, second or third grade, not two. (laughs) I was two or three, you know, second or third grade age. Um, No, I was like third grade. And I had this image of me skating with this like kind of an emotional response within myself. And it just kind of flashed through my head and went away. And I was totally awake. I wasn't sleeping. And then years down the line, and I didn't even know how to roller skate when I was in second or third grade. It was a completely abstract idea. It was just like, oh, I, okay, whatever. Fast forward, I my first job in high school was a skate guard. Fun Which is fact. awesome. I loved that job. I do. <laughs> I would free jersey and everything? Yes. I had the ref whistle. jersey whistle, yeah. you know, and it was such a great job. But the point was, uh, at the end of the night... Um, the DJ, who was also uh, the head of military police, because it was I lived on a military base, <laughs> and uh-huh. so that was his night gig. He loved it. And <laughs> he was the DJ. <laughs> he was the DJ, <laughs> and so he would play different uh, songs. And one time, and it was towards the end of the school year, and we were all kind of and the, the the skating rink stays open through the summer, but it has different hours. So we were all kind of not saying goodbye, but kind of saying goodbye because it was reduced hours and all that stuff. So the end of this season. He played, and we were clearing out the rink, and we kind of roller skate around and kind of pick up garbage and all that stuff. And he played the song "Take Me Home" by Phil Collins. Oh, and nice! Your I favorite. I'm one of my favorites. And so, and I'm roller skating around very slowly, and I look over, and there was this girl that I had kind of a crush on, and it was just very picturesque, you know. All so this it was what happened in your daydream vision, precisely. And so I don't know. I mean, was that a glimpse into my own future? I mean, it's just one of those things that has happened I mean, quite a bit. I don't even think it's a stretch to say that it was. Yeah. I mean, and and then you get into that territory and it makes you wonder, was that a part of, you know, is fate real? Is destiny real? If right. so, and if it's, if it's set in stone that there's just certain life events that you're going to experience, maybe you were intuitive enough to have a little glimpse into a future event that you knew was going to be a part of your life. Maybe. I don't know. It was cool. Bizarre. More emotions, you know, and, yeah. and visuals. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kind of cool. But you didn't need a 60-year-old muffin like this Charlotte lady. <laughs> <laughs> I can still taste it in my mouth. <laughs> I wonder what the FDA would think about that. <laughs> was there an FDA back in the... Probably not. Exactly. Your kid eats some lead. <laughs> well, here's another story. Uh, it takes place in 1954. So again, pardon me for bending the rules on recent Re- My stuff's more recent than that. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> So in 1954, there was a man that was trying to get through customs at Haneda, uh, Haneda, Haneda Airport. Anyway, it was in Tokyo, and he was having a bit of trouble. Um, he claimed to be from a country that didn't exist, and he actually had a passport and stamps to prove it. Whoa. So his passport was actually from a country named uh, Torred. That's T-A-U-R-E-D, Torred. Uh, which he claimed that was between Spain and France. So obviously customs officials pulled out a map and asked him if he meant Andorra. And he, the, the guy actually became kind of irritated. He said, he said, yes, that's where I'm talking about. 
but he was irritated because he says it's not called Andorra, it's called Torrid. And he said he claimed that it had been a, a, a lie, you know, a, the country had been around for a thousand years. Um, he had never heard of the country known as Andorra. Uh, so they put him up in a hotel room for the night while police tried to figure everything out. And there was armed guards posted right outside of his hotel room that night. Um, and despite that, the man vanished into thin air. Whoa. They opened up his hotel room in the morning and he wasn't there. Not only that, but his passport uh, and some of his ID and everything, it was stored in a secu- in the security uh, facility at the office of the airport. And that mysteriously disappeared from the vault. Gone. So you got the what? guy gone, passport vanished. So, I mean, there's theories that maybe he truly was from a country in the future known as Torred, uh, which would be... You know, apparently situated between Spain and France, uh, you know, near the country of Andorra. Um, weird. It's, that, it's one of those weird ones that makes you shake your Because you, you can't go back and look for Torrid in the past. It, it's not there. It's not there. But you That's can't do any research weird. on things that don't exist yet. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a bit of a noodle scratcher. I forget about the guy's name, and this is where, uh, hey, if you know this name, please email us at paranormaldads.gmail.com or message us on Facebook. There was a guy not too long ago in the 80s came out as a time traveler. You remember this guy? Yeah. What was the name? It was... Uh, uh, his family lives in Florida. Pat, make him look this up while we stall. Hey, hey. <laughs> we need like things? a side guy who just does Google searches for us on the spot. Are you interested in being our side guy, somebody? <laughs> you need there? to bring the kids in to be interns is what we need. <laughs> Colton right. the intern. Poor kid didn't ask for any of this. But the point was he had claimed, made some pretty you know ambitious claims that he was a time traveler. Right. And I think even on some level, he didn't even like... His name is John something. J- Titor. John Titor. Titor, yes. Yeah. T-I-T-O-R. Titor. Titor, I believe. You can fact check that. Pat. And and he had made enough... Apparently, he had made enough observations that it made people pay attention. Right. And John Titor. Yeah. John Titor. Yeah, there you go. Titor, Titor. Yeah, he was almost like a modern-day Nostradamus. Some of his predictions and, and uh, kind of prophecies about the future were specific enough that you take up uh you know sit up and take notice but they were loose enough that you could kind of sort of interpret it however you wanted right but it got enough people interested that uh you know and this was mostly online it was like chat rooms and it was stuff, chat right? well yeah it almost looks like from what i'm seeing right here is that it was a fictional name used on several bulletin boards during 2000 2001 but you guys are saying this happened in the eighties, so maybe I'm no, maybe wrong. you were mistaken. We don't. I was mistaken. Again. I was mistaken when he showed up, but <laughs> right. but uh, I want to say it was in like maybe the nineties or early two thousands. But he had made some pretty pretty bold claims, and I think the family that still exists or uh, claimed that he was telling the truth. I, you know, it's 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 vague enough, like you said, where it, it, you could you know it's 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 hard, but pretty bold stuff, right. Another, another one I'll share real quick, uh, and this one is a little bit more of a recent sighting having to do with a time slip. <clears throat> and now don't judge me, but a couple of years ago I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was attending a, tri- a time travel convention. Not judging. Did you guys know this about Paranormal death. I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so it was, a, it was a time travel convention, not a Star Trek or Star Wars kind of deal, but a, 
a scientific look at the implications of can it be possible? Can it be achieved? Uh, could have been a Star Trek convention. They use time, <laughs> time travel in every story every almost. Story. But anyway, it was really cool because they had a panel of speakers. Uh, some were physicists. Some were, a lot of them were actually Native Americans, deeply spiritual, who had their own weird experiences. Mm-hmm. But one of the ladies there, I'm not going to give her name just because yeah. if I get any of the facts wrong, I, you know, I don't want to upset her. She should tell her story herself. But I'll just say that she's a well-known author speaker and researcher uh, who lives in California and she shared a, a true story and she's a very sincere person so when she's telling this you you know that nothing's fabricated it's like she's talking about the weather mm-hmm. it's just what happened right and she shares a story that I think it was actually her her first husband um, the two of them and their kids were at a, a train station and again I'm sorry if some of the facts are wrong I think she said it was in Europe somewhere mm-hmm. but they were at a train station and uh, her her husband at the time had their young kid, three or four year old kid, piggyback style on, on the shoulders, right? Piggyback ride, and the kid is goofing around, starts to fall back, almost like as if the child's gonna fall onto the train tracks. And she said, "What?" Well, and it was just like in the movie. She said it was like it was practically like a record scratched, and you know there was like a and she said time not only appeared to slow down she says it literally slowed down people froze just like in a movie just like in a scientific she saw people and the train and everything everything stopped and it was almost like the mannequin challenge yeah yeah right yeah right so everyone stops there's no sound and she's able to walk over pick her child up off her husband's shoulders and set him safely on the ground so he doesn't fall into the train track area and then as soon as she did, and as soon as her kid was safe and her husband, you know, was, was steadied, it's like everything sped up and everything like, and everything started to go normal speed again. People were talking, people were chatting. Nobody seemed to notice anything different. Like, yeah. like she's the only person who experienced that, uh, pause in reality. Well, you hear that a lot about, you know, accidents and, and just very traumatic events that. People say it's almost like time stood still or things slowed down. They, they saw everything happen in slow motion. Yeah. You yeah. know, I wonder if it was kind of like an instance of something like that. But this, that just sounds really, really out there. Though. It is. It really is. And it's, you know, it's it's been proven that people do experience their own reality. It's It's been proven in tests. You know, you get 10 people who witness a car accident. You you interview them all separately and independently, and they're going to tell you 10 different versions of what happened and what they saw. Yeah. So, you know, maybe in her version of reality, it slowed down enough where it seemed to come to a dead stop. Because she made it seem like she had a good 30 seconds yeah. to stroll over there casually and do whatever she wanted and then come back, and then at times sped back up. So Well, that's precisely how a time slip would work. I mean, perceptively to everyone else, perceptively to everyone else, they would have seen normal speed, you know, and she just somehow grabbed this kid quick enough. But for her, it was like completely slow-mo. Yeah. That's crazy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That, those are the best stories, ones that are so out there that you have no explanation for. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's your recent sightings. Yes. It's time for pop, culture, and the paranormal. You guys ever play with Barbie dolls? All the time. I mean, never. No. Oh. <laughs> did, you own, did you own a Ken? <laughs> yes. Yes. I had G.I. Joe's. 
<laughs> I'm not talking about the little 1980 ones. I'm talking the big boys. The, the 12 beards. Inch, the 12 inches. Yeah, the 12 inches. <laughs> Wasn't there a scene in Toy Story where she was hanging out with Ken and then G.I. Joe shows up and then she jumps in the car and drives off with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a whole awkward love triangle kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this comes from List, listverse.com. I found an article called 10 Freaky Dolls You Don't Want to Play With. <laughs> that sounds like we're in danger of territory. <laughs> 10 and, Freaky and, Dolls You Don't Want to Play With. Are any of these from Japan? <laughs> well, they could be. I don't know. Okay, okay. But we're going specifically to number six. Okay. And that's our story for today. Uh-oh. This is called the, the Pulau Ubin Barbie. God bless oh. you. Pulau Ubin Barbie. <laughs> And uh, the story goes that... Is that like, um, is that like Malibu Barbie? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> similar. So Barbie's arguably the most popular doll in the world. And so popular, in fact, that a dead girl requested it, purchased for her from beyond the grave. Pat knows how to bring home the bacon. <laughs> he's, he's setting us up here. Okay, well, go for well it, the man. story goes, this is back in uh, like the... Um, like about 1914, right as World War One is breaking out. They had Barbies and, back then. Yeah, I, oh well, my God. World War One. <laughs> and um, or, well, actually, no. We'll get they no. Barbie did not exist then. Yeah. I, okay. We'll, 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 we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of ourselves. What anyway, I'll shut up. At, so. at the beginning of the war, uh, on this this island, uh, it was an island in Singapore called uh, Pulau Ubin, or or just Ubin, I guess it's awfully referred to uh the british mistrusted many foreigners in their colonies particularly germans and when the war was just breaking out they rounded up all the germans which is so common you know look at what we did to the japanese in world war ii rounded them up and you know basically arrested them took their property um this particular family lived on a coffee plantation ran a coffee plantation so they uh came into this plantation uh and arrested the family uh the the young girl escaped and ran into this wood wooded area near the plantation unfortunately she fell off a cliff and cliff and was killed all right so after the war uh the family comes back looks for the daughter they can't find her anywhere they leave dejected um a time later the locals actually find the remains of the daughter at the bottom of the cliff and they bury her or, or, or place her basically in uh, a, uh, a Japanese Taoist temple uh, there on the island. And that's where she uh, it's like an has an above ground grave kind of sort of thing. Right, yeah. Okay. You know, maybe it was her ashes or whatever. Like a tomb or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so she stayed there until uh, fast forward now to 2007 when Barbie oh. did exist. Okay, here we go. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. So a local man had this dream one night about a little girl little white girl uh and she wanted this barbie doll next night he has the same dream night after that he has the same dream once again so the next day he goes down to the local toy store walks in there and he finds the exact barbie he's been dreaming about he's like i gotta get this thing takes it up to the temple places it um where the little girl's remains are um and it's just kind of become this thing now where people flock to this place just to see this barbie doll and whether or not the dreams ended i assume they did i assume they did i mean because it's just kind of become this famous site of 
you know, it was the little girl from beyond the grave wanting this Barbie doll. So the guy went out and got it, and now he doesn't dream about her anymore. No. So he's like psychically plugged into her spirit or something. Do other people, uh, you know, come and, and lay down a Barbie as an offering? I mean, is there like a thousand Barbie dolls on this? On this? Uh, well, altar? it makes you wonder if that happens. You know, I, I know a lot of people. I was looking at some of the pictures because you can actually see the temple on, on YouTube. There's a uh, some video somebody shot. And you can see the little Barbie doll standing in there in the temple. Um, but you see people placing like, you know, to for their friends, cans of Guinness and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if multiple people come there and just drop Barbie dolls. It's probably starting to look like a toy store there now. Yeah. Well, once again, we're paranormal dads and we all have kids. So this is something we can... Uh, she's a kid spirit. She's, hey, I got a good thing going now. I'm getting some Barbies. <laughs> I want to keep, keep this good moment, this Christmas momentum going. But if you can't make it to Singapore, you can at least buy Mattel has an entire line uh, they call um, they call uh, haunted the haunted beauty collection and it's actually kind of like a paranormal themed Barbie collection um, the, there's one called uh, the haunted beauty doll which is kind of like a, a ghostly looking Barbie you know Mattel does not promise that there's any anything paranormal about it but I'm just thinking about you know a few weeks ago, we were talking about that museum, the traveling museum that would yes. 3D scan haunted <laughs> objects. I wonder if they are going to be scanning haunted Barbies in the future. What, what if but, Billy asks for one? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, too. I wonder if, if Billy's got, you know, some of these Barbies in his collection. There's there's actually a number of different ones. There's uh, one called Haunted Beauty Vampire Barbie, Haunted Beauty Mistress of the Manor Barbie, uh, Haunted Beauty Zombie Barbie. We've gone so, next level, folks. Who would have thought that There's Mattel a, would come out? With you know, this? some Holy some God. of these are already out of print, yeah. apparently. But uh, but you can buy some of these online. I'm guessing they're probably starting around a hundred bucks. Yeah, you're going to be putting some money down on these things. I'm sure they're wild, wildly popular. But yeah, you'll have to ask Billy about this and see if he he knows anything about that. <clears throat> you know, I'm good with any doll as long as it doesn't sit up and look at me. You know, what's that movie Annabelle or something? It had, it had to do with the dolls. I didn't see it, but I think so. I don't know. Get that, man. Man, like forget Chucky, that. get out of here. I don't want any of that in my life. There is a yeah, well, and good choice by the way for the pop culture segment because Barbie is like the most popular doll ever made, hands down. There's this place over in uh, speaking of dolls. There's this place over in. Crescent, Iowa, I think, mm-hmm. uh, right over the Mormon Bridge, basically, and it's over there, and it's a, just a little diner. I think it's called the Pink Poodle. I've heard of the Pink Poodle. Oh, Poodle. Food is um, phenomenal, dude. Is it? Phenomenal. Place haunted as hell. What? Bro, you go in there, and, and my wife and I and our daughter, we, we went in there because we were just out there at a nature preserve kind of nature hike thing, and then we found this place. There's no cars there, and it was a Sunday afternoon, and we thought, well, is this place closed? So we walk in. And really friendly staff member kind of greets you at the door, but the place is empty and it's quiet and you just feel like you're being watched. And it's a big place, a lot of square footage. It's a really old building. So we're just constantly looking over our shoulders. My wife sees a a shadow dart across the room. We ask the waitress, look, do you guys get a lot of ghost sightings here? She kind of raises her eyebrows and says, all the time. Wow. Um, What are you guys doing for dinner tonight? Yeah, exactly. Let's go to the pink pool. Anyway, (laughs) dolls though. I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Dolls. You walk in and there's these these old um like these old fashioned little dolls you know not Barbie dolls but the dolls that are dressed as like little girls yeah. like 1930s yeah. style dolls 
dozens of them in glass cases all of over course. the entryway. <laughs> and their eyes probably follow, follow you, you everywhere you go. Do. You know, you're trying to eat your meatloaf and mashed potatoes and like, you know, little Annabelle over here is, is eyeballing you. Order yeah. the pie. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Annabelle, no. Ed, Eddie's scraping his hell. mashed potatoes. This means something. This is important. <laughs> this is important. Oh my oh. gosh. I don't know if I could eat the pink poodle now. Well, just don't look at the don't look the dolls in the eye. Why are they there? Yeah. <laughs> in order the pot roast, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so if you want your haunted Barbie, go out to Amazon.com or your local Barbie retailer and check it out. We'll have links to uh, listverse.com in the show notes. <laughs> And now it's time for the main mystery. (laughs) (laughs) The main mystery. I'm so excited. Did I have the main? Oh, the last time I had the main mystery, it was Bigfoot time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Which was kind of a shared main mystery. This main mystery is your own choosing right here. This is my own wheelhouse right here. (laughs) And it's rather aquatic. It's a sticking with our last episode's theme. This is a aqua. Oh, it is. Aqua and it's month. a place. <laughs> yeah, rather, it, than, it a, rather a place. than a thing or a creature, it's a that, place. That's true. We probably should have sh- saved these for Shark Week. Oh, oh that's me- that's Megalodon. That's, that's okay. Megalodon. Yeah. So we're going to be discussing as a part of the main as the main mystery Atlantis, the lost civilization of Atlantis. This is one of those things that, as a little boy. You know, there's, there's, I think, key things that I think awaken us to the paranormal. And some of that stuff is like lost cities and civilizations and things like that. And um, this is not connected directly to Atlantis, but there was a Nickelodeon cartoon called The Lost City of Gold. And it was, you know, loosely kind of like tied to the El Dorado um, story or myth or maybe a real place. But um, that cartoon which was i believe done by a foreign company but aired on nickelodeon very cool show i do recommend it to anybody who maybe not heard of this or or whatever but uh worth watching but it it excited my brain for the notion of ancient people that also had really advanced technology Mm -hmm. so being clued in on that atlantis is just like the next thing you know so for people who i'm sure our listeners are probably somewhat aware of atlantis but just to kind of give a quick little crash course atlantis was mentioned by plato in one of his stories about what people assume to be a fictional place but uh, one of the things that's worth noting is in his description of atlantis it had a lot of specific details the layout of the city and there was some debate on whether it was a city like a giant city or a city state or if it was an actually like an island unto itself uh they said people assumed not they the interpretation is that because it got supposedly destroyed by a tsunami or or a giant uh, flood type event a volcano volcano that they were kind of tying that to it being an island but there's people who say it could be a little mini continent of sorts Mm -hmm. regardless um, an ancient civilization that had high technology that was wiped off the face of the earth. And in the story of Plato, it was referenced as a kind of an, ex- and people once again thought it was kind of an allegory, as a way of kind of warning people against their own hubris, kind of like a Tower of Babylon kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't get too proud of yourself. You'll get Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an Atlantis day, man. It's terrible. <laughs> But 
uh, as time has gone on, uh, there have been archaeologists and crypto archaeologists and all these people, ancient technologist type people who study, you know, who are theorizing that there's a very strong likelihood that Atlantis could have been a real location. And in that, you've got some specific stories and things and, and other discoveries as of late that point to it as a strong possibility of being a real place. And I said their technology was way beyond what we have presently. So you're not talking about just, you know, smartphones and big screen TVs. Like they had technology that to us would seem like magic, correct? That's there, the myth. There's some discussion that some of the te- some of the technology that they had would either be somewhat like relatable to stuff we have now or, or even advanced yeah. uh, by our measure. Uh, mentions of machines that were capable of flying, uh, advanced healing type um uh, technologies and communication type stuff and even weaponry in some regards and you, you catch wind of also uh some of their technology having to do with crystals like it was uh crystal i've read this in a few different sources yeah. like crystal based technology yeah which in a way kind of makes sense because crystals are in a, in a weird way are still used to store information right because yeah. in our cell phones there's literally little crystals that help hold data it's funny we mm-hmm. hear that and we get like people will get defensive at first because they're picturing like superman's fortress right. of solitude yeah. like this right. is how we but <laughs> but yeah i mean right here and now we are recording on a device and we have phones that rely on crystal type technology to store and and bring out and bring forth data. Um, so yeah, crystal-based technology, also advanced mathematics and astronomy, and these things start to get validated when um, there's a recent, fairly recent discovery of a of a buried temple. And I forget where it's at. I want to say it's in um, oh, the country escapes me. It might be Syria. Um, called I've, I've heard of yeah. Tepe. And uh, they, as they began to unearth, the, of course, classic thing: sheep herder finds giant piece of stone sticking out of ground. They dig and find an under like it's not a city, but it's a site. It's big, and th- once again, they're like, "This is so old that the technology, construction te- technology method, simply didn't exist." It's not even like how they do it. It's like they would not have been able to do this, given what we understand human technology to be at that time. So you take something like that, and then also in, a, in an area of Greece, this is where I'm going to be very vague, and, I, and please research this as well, the glory of Google. Um, <laughs> the Antikythera device was discovered maybe, I don't know, 30 years ago or so. And that device, for a while, people could not quite decipher what its purpose was, but it had the actual construction of it had fine-toothed gears and a lot of miniature clockwork style mechanisms inside of this device that over time and over an analysis of this, it was a, how to describe it? It was a a highly accurate measurement tool for something. And the more that we've scanned this and tried to break it down, from what I understand, the most current thought on this essentially computer is that you could type in or not type in that had dials, you could dial in a certain date and it would then on a series of discs show you the position projecting, predicting the, the position of certain um, astrological bodies. So Venus will be here in two years, you know, with, a, with this device. A device that they said, once they said archaeologists and technologists, based off of the carbon dating, which there's some debate on that, but within a certain area of time, still did not have the technology capable 
of developing and building something like this. So it's really old and it's really advanced. It's really super old and it's too too smart for the people at the time. Right. Now look, we're looking at a picture of it right now. It almost looks like a wheel and there's some spokes and there's wheels within wheels and I mean it it yeah, if you found it, it, it it's something that you look at and you're like, okay, it's clearly not natural. That's a, that's a man-made yeah, something. Definitely but it's really it's brown, it's really rusted. It it you know, you can tell at one point in time it probably would have uh been a little bit more smooth edges it looks like there's a lot of barnacles and stuff on <laughs> well it. yeah it was found in the sea yeah that that picture almost looks like the bottom of my lawnmower it does it, <laughs> it really looks does. like the bottom of a lawnmower <laughs> all grassed up but but so when you when you come across uh, hyper advanced construction methods when you come across uh, measurement devices like this that simply should not exist for the era in which they're from. And then you have uh, concurrent stories of civilizations that had uh, advanced uh, travel and vehicles and healing and understanding of irrigation. You, you get into a discussion of, well, how could this not necessarily be a real thing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, as more and more exploration happens around areas that are people, uh, I forget the exact city, but there's these sunken cities that they have found off the coast of the Middle East and also off of, off of Japan. Well, that's one of the interesting things about Atlantis is there's more than one location that people think it is. Right. And, and they're not necessarily near each other. No. You know, one of them's in Greece. Uh, one of them is in the Bermuda Triangle, like we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, I think I even heard somebody mention something about Canada or Wisconsin or something, like under one of the Great Lakes. Yeah. Um, uh, but that Atlantis would come with a lot of cheese. Be yeah. Cheesy, <laughs> cheese curds. You know, there. the, there's locations in Europe. You know, it's just um, people can't necessarily agree where it was supposed to go yeah that's a big debate although plato did give some kind of indication about where he he gave some loose indication of where it was and also the actual shape of it of the actual like uh, he was saying it was like a ringed city where it had i believe it was three rings you know like a ring of water and then a ring of land and then a ring of water and there is a location right like you said pat right around right outside of greece Right. That I think a lot of the, I think if there are, you know, Atlantean researchers, I think a lot of them kind of lean towards that location because a lot of what, uh, based off, and a lot of this, they said pretty much all of this stuff is based off of the description off of Plato yeah. originally. And then a lot of the other things um, are referenced. Um, another little side sidebar is that there's another lost civilization connected to Atlantis called Lemuria. Yep. And where apparently uh, the name being where lemurs, uh, the island was actually populated with a bunch of lemurs. <laughs> and uh, once again, uh, tales of an ancient civilization, highly advanced technology. And, uh, and then I think there's another one off the coast of Ireland that had the ability to cloak itself. So you could see it and then on another day you couldn't see it. And that was the big one for the sailors and the uh, seamen of myth was yeah. uh, of, of the past. Was that sometimes you just wouldn't see this. Sometimes this it was there, island. sometimes it wasn't. Same thing happens with my money. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there one day and the next day it's just gone. Atlantean money. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, it's funny you mentioned Lemuria, though. Lemuria. Um, the, the, you read some of these myths and legends and the appearances of the people within those civilizations are greatly different. Like yeah. Atlanteans are supposed to be like more tall and elegant 
and lean, and it said that people from Lemuria were more short and squatty and yeah. more like earthy based. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like uh, they're, they're just differences in their civilization, I guess. Yeah. That's it, me. I'm short and squatty and yeah. earthy based. <laughs> that describes Pat. That's on his Facebook profile. Short, squat, earthy based. It's such an interesting thing because, and this is a larger discussion maybe about a lot of things that we've brought up where people have, uh, where the past kind of informs the present. But it's one of those things that as you start breaking down certain past stories and then certain things pop up to validate those things, it becomes more and more of a discussion topic. Um, one of my favorites to bring up as a, as a paranormal dad to people who are maybe a little more skeptical was if you look at, there was a certain point in time where like we all know what lions look like. In fact, there's not a time in any of our lives as modern humans that we've never seen a lion. Like you right. know what a lion is. And there was a time in human history where if you didn't live around them, you didn't know what they looked like. And so uh, sailors, which would, you know, that would be the next best thing to the internet back then, mm -hmm. was would see these things. And sometimes they would just draw them the best they could. And if you look at early renderings, of, like early old drawings of lions, they look like the body looks good. It looks like a lion, but the face looks like... It has a person face. And if you look at old paintings of lions, you'll see this. They look like they just got, it's like a people face. And um, art historians and culturists have said that's just because so few people saw these things that that's what people thought lions looked like. They thought that they had right. people faces. Well, and they had no reference. No they, reference. They had no, nothing to, to, by which to compare it to. And, right. You know, and that's what we do. We, you know, we try to, and again, back to what we talked about earlier, you get 10 people look at the same exact thing and come up with 10 different reports as to what they saw. So, yeah. but people scoffed at it probably, right? And said, oh, uh, a hybrid of a large cat and a person. Give me a break. You mean tell me there's a cat out there that's got an afro and, and it's got <laughs> knives for hands? Get out of here. You know, you're dumb. And then, lo and behold, there's there's a lion. And so for, for my mindset, and this is my challenge to people who maybe tend to be, and there's nothing wrong with being critically minded. We should be. But the lion's a real thing. And there was a point in time in human history not too long ago where in our brains it wasn't. Right. And so as information comes in, your definition of reality shifts. And so... The ancient civilization of Atlantis. I mean, why couldn't that be? An offshoot population that just managed to somehow crack into some knowledge that didn't exist yet. Are you guys familiar with a guy named Edgar Cayce? Oh, yeah. He was a, uh, a popular psychic back in the 1960s. And Atlantis was one of his topics he always seemed to go back to. And a lot of a lot of the predictions he made and the, the people he talked about... Um, he claimed were Atlanteans. They were from Atlantis, but um, he he claimed that I think it was back back in the sixties. He claimed that Atlantis was going to rise again, mm -hmm. and it would actually be coming up uh, closer to the Bermuda Triangle than it would be hmm. to like Greece or, or mm -hmm. some of those other places. So um, you know, it's I, I I don't know you know some of the, his his stories you know the kind of stuff he predicted. But he's a, a name that comes up a lot when you're talking about Atlantis. Yeah, it really does. I think, <clears throat> no, people can research this themselves, but I, th I think it was even prior to the 60s, Pat, because I remember seeing a documentary. It was like the er very early 1900s. Like he was way ahead of his time for doing oh, the okay. psychic thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he did. He made a lot of predict predictions involving Atlantis, including one that seemed really outlandish. So the, the great the Sphinx in Egypt, you know, the little... Um, 
the critter with the two paws, the right. two huge paws. He predicted that there is some information that tied to Atlantis that was buried in a chamber inside one of the paws of the, the Sphinx paws. in Egypt. Funny thing is, um, uh, come time when people wanted to explore, there were some political loopholes and whatnot. That, so no one's allowed to go in there to see what it actually is. But they did like ground penetrating radar kind of thing and all these like scans without going in there. Yeah. They said there's a large chamber with a large item that could be a trunk or something in the in the paw of the Sphinx. And no one, nobody will ever know what it is. Or if it's tied to Atlantis, or if Edgar Casey was right, and it's all because of political red tape. It just eats me alive. I know it eats me alive, it's even pro- if it's not real. Let's let's get open. Let's see. It's probably the treasure from Curse of Oak Island sitting in there. <laughs> probably, there it is. Those poor guys. Or it's a giant pile of glow sticks. What? what? Glow sticks. <laughs> Boom. Just go. Yeah. Atlantis <laughs> rave. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're just gonna beat that till it's a dead horse you know the best show in my opinion one of the best shows that ever came out on history channel was the ancient aliens show yes we it's still on tv dude. it's still on it's like nine, 19 seasons season 10 in. we season just watched 10. one two nights ago here it is and they got the, the one of the main guys guilty he's, pleasure he's uh giorgio salukatis i'm butchering Sucralos. his name he's, he's a greek guy anyway his hair like starts as pretty big and like kind of einstein-ish but then with each season it gets bigger and taller <laughs> yes. and so the camera pans out further and further to get his whole head on the frame <laughs> it's glorious but anyway he's he's a pretty knowledgeable guy they got a lot of other people on there talking about how ancient civilizations had technology that was way way beyond what we give them credit for and i'm sure they've covered atlantis in one of the episodes they've discussed it i mean and, it, and obviously it's ancient aliens so they kind of tie a lot of stuff to right. this and the supposition is and this is where it doesn't have to be aliens where where um there's a great game out there well tying this to all sorts of pop culture stuff there's a great game out there called assassin's creed and in assassin's creed uh spoiler alert for anybody out there um the end of the game reveals that there's an artifact that's being basically hidden throughout human history and all this art what this artifact is is they call it the apple it's from eden and it turns out that eden is actually an advanced city where a superior not superior but a more technologically advanced race of humans are enslaving a less advanced race of humans to do their like menial labor and the point is it's a fictional story based around the notion of advanced technologies and i just think that you know the the notion that all of humanity um progresses at the same rate i mean right here right now as we're recording on a computer and we're going to be using the internet to broadcast this there are still tribes in africa that or in other parts of the world as well that eat and hunt and do things that have been the same way for thousands of years and existing at the same exact time right so i mean fast forward when we're gone there could be another group of humans man there's no way that this group and this group existed at the same time look how advanced these people were and look how you know primitive these people were and and uh, you know not primitive but in the sense of technological advancements air quotes um you know i just we're living it now but, you know, assuming Atlantis was a real place and technology was like years ahead of its time, you know, if, if water is involved, it can leave basically no trace that there ever was a civilization. There's been studies that have proven that if uh, without the upkeep that humans provide to buildings and infrastructure and things like this, you take, let's assume there's a virus wipes out humans tomorrow, we're all gone, uh, you know, buildings are overgrown with vines, uh, you know, bridges collapse. 
you know, and that you scale it forward, you know, a hundred years, a thousand years, it would only take like a, a thousand or so years before there's no trace that humans were ever on this planet to begin with. Everything crumbles. Everything is down to nothing. Now, Mount Rushmore might still be there. The Great Pyramids might still be there. But monolithic stones. Monolithic stones, because that, that those don't age like that. Well, when you look at a place like Chernobyl, where they had that big nuclear disaster in Russia, it's just... You look at the pictures now and how the earth is kind of starting to take that place over again. Yeah. And the buildings are just corroding and, and basically turning to dust. Uh, it's pretty amazing how in what to us is kind of a short time, you know, the earth has just kind of taken it back. And it's just all, everything's overgrown and, and almost like uh, the ending of uh, Logan's Run. Did you ever see that mm-hmm. movie back yeah. in the 70s? But um they get to Washington and everything is just, you know, covered in ivy and all we are is dust in <laughs> the wind. Sorry. Ending on a really morbid Sorry, note here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you do will ever matter in a thousand years. Except the love you show. That's right. You take that with you for all of eternity. And this podcast will still be there. Hanging out in space. It will. Yeah, be halfway to Pluto by then. <laughs> yeah, but what are your thoughts on Atlantis? Uh, what what fascinates you about that? A lot of great movies out there too about uh, and documentaries. So just explore yourself crazy. Uh, my personal favorite is uh, Atlantis, the Disney movie, <laughs> the anime starring Michael J. Fox. <laughs> So I guess uh, with that, um, if you enjoy Paranormal Dad's podcast, we invite you to to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're there, drop us a review. Uh, Listener comments help us improve the show and focus on topics that interest you. Thank you all for listening to Paranormal Dad's podcast. Most of the sound effects heard on the Paranormal Dad's podcast are courtesy of freesound.org. A complete list of this episode's freesound contributors can be found in the show notes at paranormaldads.podbean.com. Browse, download, and share sounds at www.freesound.org. That's a wrap, boys. Thank you.